Welcome along once again to Moments That Matter. This is our Christmas New Year edition. I'm Jack Heverin, alongside a man in a jacket that just needs no explaining whatsoever, <laughs> Derek Rucker. He's here to party, Ruck. Good to see you. Good to see you, Jack. It's been a minute and uh, let's get into it. I only wish my jacket was as good as yours. <laughs> hey, let's start with the Cairns Taipans. Winners tonight over Melbourne United. Not once, but twice for the second time this season, they've beaten them by double figures. How have they done it? We see it every year. Some teams just match up well against others. In spite of how good one team may be, Melbourne United are the clear leaders. But the Taipans play with a style, with an intensity that really gives Melbourne United a lot of problems. But in particular, the Taipans are able to defend Chris Golding pretty well. They really limited his looks tonight, and I thought that it really created a real sluggish Melbourne United. And then once the Taipans got confidence defensively, then their scorers were able to come into play, and they gave them a lot of problems. Pat Miller in particular, 63 points now in two games versus Melbourne. Well, he's tough, and I don't know if he's a great matchup for Shea Illy. Shea Illy likes, likes to beat you defensively with quickness and strength. Well, Miller may actually be stronger and quicker, and he's a really talented offensive player who's got a lot of worldwide experience playing the game. It's an outstanding matchup for Illy, but one that he's not getting the better of at the moment. So let's try and work the Taipans out then, because as we've seen, twice now they've beaten Melbourne. Their best is very capable, but we don't always see the best. Sometimes we see their best, sometimes we see their worst, sometimes we see in between. Where do they fit in the scheme of things? This ladder's so logjammed at the moment. I thought all along that they were a play-in team. They've proven now in two games against Melbourne United that they can play at a high playoff standard. But it's the games against, like, a Sydney the other night where you thought that they were going to provide more resistance and more, more energy when they came out kind of flat. I put that down to their youth. But now we're starting to get through this season, Jack. A lot of teams only have 10 games left in the mm. competition. A lot of those youth excuses have to be pushed aside now. These guys should start to understand not only individually, but as a group, what's required to win, who's going to get it done on certain nights, how they need to get down as a team to get victories. And perhaps this was a watershed moment. To the Illawarra Hawks, they handled their business against the Adelaide 36ers in a really impressive manner. The conversation has to turn to their coach, Justin Tatum. Now, it was only a couple of weeks ago on this show that we spoke about that there's no need for a rush. Take your time, let the season play out and see what it looks like, but also see who's available. Are we at the point now, though, where they don't need to look any further than the man that they have leading them right now? I would be guided by the body language, the energy, the commitment and the effort of the players. And that looks spectacular. We're going back to probably Brian Gorgian time when he was at the Hawks to find a team that's playing with the spirit and the defensive energy and the fun and the enthusiasm and the belief. They look like they know they're going to win now when they go out and take that court. What are they, 5-2 and two now under yep. Justin Tatum? And what I like is, especially on their home court, they look really strong. We saw what they did in Sydney on Christmas Day, which may have been one of the best victories for any team yeah. this year in the NBL. But, Jack, they're playing good basketball. And they, they defend. Sam Froling looks unstoppable. And they're getting contributions from a number of guys. And overall, they look happy as a unit. And if you spend time with Justin Tatum, um, I was fortunate enough to talk to him before the Sydney game. 
He's, he's a very engaging guy. He loves basketball. He's ambitious, and that may be the thing that surprises people. It's easy to say, oh, his son is a multimillionaire NBA star who has everything. His dad wants to get stuff done in the game, and you see that being a driving force behind this Illawarra success. So, has he done enough to warrant a contract offer? Definitely. I'd go out there and get him done now. I said two years ago, about 10 days ago, I think I'd probably be looking at giving him three years and letting him sit in there. That way you don't have to worry about it. Look at some of these clubs now, like Adelaide. They're scrambling around trying yep. to find a coach. And you spend so much of your club's energy and resources and IP worrying about what's next. The players don't know. There's so much instability. If you get a coach in there who looks like he can do a good job, let him sit in there. You've heard me say it all year long. Pay overs for a great coach. You don't have to worry about it. It brings dividends to you down the line. Just on the Adelaide 36ers from that game, the more you watch them, the more obvious. They just need this season to be over, don't they? And it, and it feels to me, Ruck, that they need a total reset. And that is going to be on court. That's going to be perhaps some people around the club and around the environment as well. But it just feels to me it's so culturally shot that they're going to need to blow this whole thing up. They did have the great victory against Brisbane where you thought, OK, maybe they can build on this. They weren't great in that game, but it was a win. But then they come back, they looked miserable against yep. Perth. Yep. Bryce just took two patches of that game and decimated their hopes and crushed their souls. And then that went on to happen down in Illawarra. And you know what? It's not easy to blow teams out. And that's another reason why I give Justin Tatum a lot of credit, getting away from Adelaide for a moment. He's had a big victory against Perth down there in Illawarra. And he's had another blowout victory against Adelaide. Mm. He's taken care of some teams, whether they be top of the table threatening teams like Perth or cellar dwellers like Adelaide, beating them the same way. Bad. I know there's a push from... Some around the 36 is to have Scott Ninnis get the job and to see that into the future. I just wonder, for all of the reasons we've been talking we about, gotta it, blow it, out it, up, it just we feels gotta too blow far it gone, doesn't it? Blow it up. It's yeah. done. Um, there's, you, you just can't carry that. And I'm not assassinating anyone's character, but you feel a certain level of toxicity, and that must be corrected. And I'm not in there every day, but I've been around this league long enough. I know what it looks like, and I can sense it when it exists. And somehow they've got to get in there and correct that thing. And the positive thing for Adelaide is change can happen quickly in this league. Absolutely. But yep. you've got to get it right, and it starts with that head coach search and ultimate hire. Gary Brown against the Brisbane Bullets was the most talked about action of the round by a very, very long way. Here's the incidents once more. Lashes out. Uh, there wasn't a lot of contact and Gary Brown swings around with the hand and the arm. Uncharacteristic to start with, some would say, but it is his second incident of the season in a similar type of fashion. It is, and it wasn't some crazy type of contact, but it was the intent. Like, he reared back and swung flailingly crazy at Baines, and we just can't have that because, first of all, it opens up it opens up a precedent for someone else to do something similarly, but with more force yeah. and more damage. And maybe if it's not a guy as big as an Aaron Baines, significant repercussions to that person's health. So 
it's good that the league came down and that they got it all cleared, but that type of play is unacceptable from a sportsmanship perspective. Now let's look from the impact he had on his team in a huge game. They're fighting with Brisbane for a play-in position, and you basically eliminated your team's chances of winning by taking that type of action. And certainly I'm sure players were very disappointed. I think Gary was disappointed as he walked off the floor. And look, he's got to put it behind him deal with the shame and the humility and come back a better player in person because of it. Were you surprised that it was only a fine and that given that it was his second offence of the season that perhaps it warranted some, a suspension of some sort? I was, but Peter Hooley has obviously explained to us that the two infractions don't necessarily go in line. They're kind of in separate compartments. I'm not around all of that. But basically, this infraction was pretty much uh, judged and penalized as it could have been. So it probably, in my opinion, was like a one-game suspension. <laughs> but they went the financial route, and that's going to allow him to play in the next game. Well, from that game, that was the low light, Gary Brown. The highlight was Nathan Sobey. Now 35 points, Ruck. Another victory for Brisbane where Sobey carries them over the line. How real is the conversation about him and all NBL first team? Mm, not too real, I don't think. But... If he can put together some performances not as spectacular as that one, but in that neighborhood, if that one was a 10 out of 10, if he can be in the 8.5, 9 out of 10, then he can make a late season charge for He needs to get that three-point percentage up to a respectable uh, mark, but then I could you know, perhaps consider him. However, more importantly, he needs to do that to give Brisbane a chance mm. to play in the, in the finals. And I thought... That performance was probably his most intelligent, high basketball IQ performance in a couple of years. He was smart earlier on. He came in with a plan of attack. It so, it so uh, coincided with what the other team was giving him. So he was taking advantage of Phoenix's poor defense, knocking down the shot, and then he opened, up, opened it up later and started to get into his three ball. New Year's Day basketball is the Tasmania Jack Jumpers playing host to the New Zealand Breakers. Mm -hmm. Maybe three weeks ago you would look at this game and be a bit sort of, oh, OK. Now all of a sudden this is red hot because the New Zealand Breakers have turned the corner in a massive way. Well, I'm really expecting Zylan Cheatham to give a better performance also. He was able to get some minutes into his legs in the game up against Brisbane. Parker Jackson Cartwright and Anthony Lamb have been very good. They're two of the top ten imports in the league. We know what Coach Modi Mayor thinks of Zylan Cheatham. If that guy gets it going with their local talent, you know, there are a lot of analysts that think that they can make a push for the top four, even from where they are right now. They are super dangerous. Yeah. And they can beat you a lot of different ways. They got a three-pronged point guard attack with Isaiah Leofa, PJC, and Will McDowell-White, who I thought gained a lot of confidence the other night. Man, this game's super exciting tomorrow. I cannot wait. What a way to start 2024. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Let's finish up with thumbs up, thumbs down, the good and the bad from the round. Let's start with the good. Who gets it? This is going to surprise some people, but I'm going to give my thumbs up to the Sydney Kings. 
Things were bad on Christmas Day, and they had every right after that to go and walk in a hole against the Cavs' tie pants. Instead, they were rescued by Denzel Valentine, who came out with his best performance of the season. Much needed because some other stars were a little bit down, but I think that performance has set up a fantastic Big-time game Thursday night at Kudos Bank Arena against Melbourne United. Well, you must have looked at my uh, little notes because I've got Denzel Valentine as mm. thumbs up. That not only for the game that he played, but the fact that he was put to the bench. I'd imagine that's not an easy thing for imports to do, to be coming off the bench, particularly a man with NBA experience like he has. But he handled it so well. And, I mean, obviously, he played so well also. Well, you know, and he looked loose again. And that's probably something that we haven't seen from him yet. We've seen it in patches, but it was throughout the course of his time on the court, the shot making, the creativity, the ability to find his teammates. And I think that he kind of finally found his niche where he can impact games in that team. And if this is real, what we saw him do, if he can build upon it and get Adams to come along, if they can still figure out how to tweak Bolden's role a little bit, because I think there's a lot more left in him from a contribution perspective. The Sydney Kings are going to make a run if they can put those things in line. The negative? Who gets the thumb down this week? <sighs> Man, it <laughs> seems like when it goes bad for teams, it really goes bad. And you know what I'm going to say. It's got to be the 36ers. Two blowout yeah. losses like that. Inexcusable. And, you know, we touched on it before. But I think where do you go from here? You've got to start playing some of those guys who are coming back next year. And you said it earlier in the year when the Perth Wildcats were going bad, re-Jesse Wagstaff. You wanted Wagstaff out there. Well, now I think it's time to play Kadi. Yeah, I agree. Play Kadi. Totally. What are yep. we doing? Yep. Like, get him out there. You signed him for two years. Play Nick Marshall. Play some of these other guys. And look, the hard thing is there's some guys who are at the end of their contracts. Those are the ones that I'm going to give some minutes to. You're going to have to prove it to me in game. If you're not getting it going, get out because I'm probably not going to have space for you next year. And this is the ruthless part of the business. But if you want to be successful, you got to be critically pragmatic. And that's what the Sixers have to do right now with their playing allocation. As we said earlier, it just reeks of a total reset at the end of this season. My thumbs down is the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I wanted to give them the biggest thumbs up possible for the Christmas Day win. They were fabulous in Tasmania against the Jack Jumpers. And they were pretty keen to tell everyone about it as well and how everyone was doubting them. Then they backed it up. Yes, there were some circumstances out of their control. Alan Williams was injured. Uh, Mitch Creek was coming back from injury. They were without Ruben Tarangi, without Gorjok Gak and obviously Craig Moller. There were some things out of their control, but they lost. It's as simple as that. So if they want to be trusted, Ruck... They're the sort of games that they just have to handle, don't they? That's the key word. Ever since they've come into the competition, it's can you trust this team? And look, Lady Luck gives them no breaks either. Literally, they can't catch a break. Hot, uh, Sauce Williams goes down. We've seen, I believe, three players from that team get hurt on that floor at Nissan Arena yeah. this season. Yeah. So they don't have fortune on their side. But also, I just never felt like they were going to win that game. They made, a, they made a run in the second half where I think they got it to three or to one or something like that. But then they squandered the lead pretty quickly. Um, they have the talent, 
but yet they don't seem to put it together when it matters most. And often enough as well. Yes, and you know, I want to see how Nader puts it together. So hopefully Williams will be fine to play in the next round and the knee injury is not too bad, although it didn't look good. Mm. But I want to see that full lineup. You know, you don't have a lot of time now, but I'd like to see them get a couple of games under their belt and then see if they can rattle off five or six to close out the season. Well, we start 2024 with Tasmania and New Zealand at My State Bank Arena. It is going to be an enormous game. Rock, as always, nice to see you, and I can't compete with that jacket. I'm happy to be back with you. Look at it. How good does it look? Thanks for joining us on Moments That Matter.